This is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, former TNA X Division Champion and former TNA World Tag Team Champion, and you are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Enjoy. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 109 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Gallion Jr. And with me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, we are back for Impact. And by God, it was the last weekly pay-per-view on July 7th. There was quite a bit going on, folks. We have new tag team champions. Andy Douglas, Chase Stevens, The Naturals, defeated America's Most Wanted. 12 seconds. That is what it took for them to win the tag titles. But more importantly, coming out of this show, out of the weekly pay-per-view, we had the Gauntlet for the Gold, which featured a bunch of guys. The Elite Guard, Jarrett, Three Life Crew, and Ken Shamrock. It was down to Jarrett and Killings. Shocker. Wow. And then Ken Shamrock gets in the ring. And acts like he's going to hit Jeff Jarrett. And in the, the type of turn that we've probably seen throughout our wrestling lives, I don't know, probably 100, 200 times, probably he looks that. at Jarrett, and he just waffles for Ron Killings. So while we were sitting here saying, we hope that we'll get Jarrett against Shamrock in a match that should have happened way back in 2002, we were so close, and for whatever reason, and maybe Dallas will tell us in the notes shortly, Shamrock turned heel and aligned himself with Jeff Jarrett. So, Dallas, I ask you, how have we felt about the heel turn for Ken Shamrock? And now, who the hell can challenge Jeff Jarrett because we really only got one baby face in the heavyweight division, and he's beaten him about three times already. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anyone who can Jarrett from fight right now, <laughs> uh, which is really bad. Uh, listen, the Ken Shamrock turn, didn't expect it. However, what I will say, I still don't believe it was as shocking as the Kimberly Page turn in 2000 uh, on Domino's page. I mean, your own wife turned against you. I really just didn't see it. But anyway, it... Ken Shamrock turning, I think, so you said not, you know, shocking about Ron Killings being the last one, but I think we were really thinking it was going to be Shamrock and Jarrett in the last two spots from the Gauntlet of the Gold. So I actually, I mean, that alone is kind of shocking, but we'll we'll get into that momentarily. Um, But yeah, man, the turn is like kind of a weird thing. Like I just... The only thing I could think of, which it doesn't even really make sense if you look at it, is like, uh, I want to fight Jarrett, so I'm going to screw Killings. But, like, that doesn't really make sense. Do, do you really care who you fight? Well, he could see Jarrett as being an easier opponent because he did lose to Robbie. No, that's true. I mean, that's the only thing I could make sense of this because, like, why are you, Jared? Why do you need another heel? Especially, like, a guy like Shamrock, who would arguably be one of your top heels uh, because of his, like, name recognition and stuff. And it's just like, 
Come on. We, bringing Ken Shamrock back as a babyface was like, oh, shit, like, th- we need this. Like, this is great. And then they're like, nah, we're going to turn him heel. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would have thought that uh, Shamrock weird. and Jarrett would have been the next, like, big match. It just seems to, like, kind of write itself. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a time when they did do the... Like, oh, hey, I'll just screw this over, screw this guy over to win a title easier. I feel like it has happened. I want to say it has too, but I also can't like think of anything that is like, oh yeah, that's definitely what they did. Because in order for that to be the case, they have to also explain it. Or I feel like in some way they can't just hint around it and be like, yeah, it's clearly why he did that. Right. I mean, usually I feel like it's done. Maybe I'm wrong about this, too. I feel like I've seen it done where I'm going to use the case we just saw just as the example. So I would say that Shamrock would screw killings to be like, haha, Jarrett, you needed my help to beat him. Like, that's the kind of case I feel like we see often. So it's like the person would screw the other person so that they make the their future opponent look bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess... I wonder, have, like, has there been like a money in the bank kind of instance where it's like, oh, I'm that that's a good example. It's like was. I remember when like Punk cashed in and like Batista had beat up Edge. That's not necessarily him saying, "I can beat Punk." I don't even think they ever fought, but like something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's like a weird I, situation. I feel like Austin Aries did it, where he was like, ah. I know I can beat you. Oh, I believe that one. <laughs> I can't. Does that not fit an Austin Aries storyline? I'm or what? just speculating at that point. I really don't know. But... Right. No, but that, that, I mean, on paper, that sounded like it definitely could have happened. That just seems like something that's happened, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, if our listeners, if anyone uh, happens to know, let us know. Send us a comment on uh, our Twitter page, at CrossTheLineTNA. Well, you know what? Here's a, you know what? here's another one. Maybe, well, I guess he wasn't really ch- champion at the time. But like when Triple H like set up Steve Austin getting hit by a car, he did that because he couldn't beat him. Oh, okay. It's so like oh, I could beat Big Show, but I can't beat Steve Austin. You know, I can beat or Big Show, but I can't beat Steve Austin. <laughs> title or something? I don't know. No, no, no. It's but, gonna that's me. so I, silly. I can't figure. I can't figure it out. Yeah. Well. Regardless, I have a feeling that's not really our case here in uh, TNA, but <laughs> nonetheless. Like Santino Morello, right? Like he beat Umaga, but like you could beat Santino Morello, but not maybe Umaga. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know. It's this weird. is going to be on my mind all fucking day. Now. I know it is. And I'm sure you'll watch something and then it'll happen. You're going to text me and be like, Dad, I was watching Heat from, <laughs> from 98. And I'm believe. done with 98. I'm into 99 for that. I was watching Heat from 99, and you won't believe this. <laughs> Fucking, I'm watching Jacked as well. Happened on Jacked. No, nothing ever happened on Jacked. <laughs> um, well, yeah, uh, lots, lots of uh, interesting stuff going on here in TNA. Let's just run down the card really quickly from our last episode, and then we can we can dive right in because there's some interesting stuff we'll be talking about today, as there always is. There's always at least something that's like, eh, that's pretty cool. 
So on our last episode covering the July 7th, 2004 weekly pay-per-view, the following matches took place. Uh, Kazarian and Michael Shane, one of our new uh, tag teams, they ended up defeating the team of D-Ray 3000 and Sharkboy, who are seemingly going to be featured heavily on Impact, it seems, because remember we saw the video package of them running around the park together, Universal. So I'm sure we'll be seeing more of them. Uh, Monty Brown defeated... D'Lo Brown. Uh, then we had Big Vito making his in-ring debut in TNA, teaming up with Trinity to take on and defeat the team of Desire and Sonny Siaki. Then, as Bob already mentioned, the Naturals, they are our new tag team champions defeating America's Most Wanted, which was fucking mind-blowing. But that happened. Uh, then there was a three-way... Tag Team X Division match, which they, I think, said it was Tornado, but it wasn't quite. But there's three, there's one person from each team in the ring at a time. So it was fun. Uh, it was Triple X, which was Daniels in primetime, defeating the team of Chris Sabin, Sabin and Amazing Red, and Team Canada's Bobby Roode and Petey Williams. And then, of course, there's that gauntlet for a gold match that Bob already mentioned, which led eventually to Jerry and Kevin's. So... A lot went down on our last episode. I'm sure we're just going to continue to see more and more. Now, me and Bob voted that we enjoyed last week's show. Which, we're on a streak, baby. Two pay-per-views in a row. Even though one of them everyone else hated. But, you know. Uh, So, Bob, what do you think (laughs) was uh, the readers of the Wrestling Observer thought about last week's, or last episode's pay-per-view? Uh, I'm going to say they went thumbs up. They, the majority did, but it was only 39.6%. So we're pretty freaking split because 35.4% were down and 25% were in the middle. So it was very split. Um, and who knows? Is it because that, that uh, ends a little uh, segment? Who knows? Uh, the response was up a little bit, Dave notes, which he think he thinks is due to Ken Shamrock. But, yeah. Um, what do you think was voted on as the best match on the show? Uh, the three-way tag match. Oh, you got it. This is getting too easy. Well, I feel like most times I've been missing lately. Wrong. Oh, you keep guessing, like, the crowd numbers. That's what you keep doing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, what do you think was about the worst match? I think it's, I don't know, maybe this is a little bit easier. I don't know. Well, I don't think it should, it shouldn't be the 12 man, ta- the 12 second tag match. The, the tag match. That should not be it. So I'm going to say Vito and Trinity against Desire and Siak. Yeah, well, it was the tag match, though. For 12, the 12 second tag match? Yeah. That's so stupid. It's a, It's an angle. I know. Um, but people are probably like, what the? Uh, then, then in second yeah, well, place. I mean, I could, I can see that because you know, right. if it was on Impact. That's totally different. But again, correct. You're paying ten dollars to get, to get that. You're probably not going to be thrilled about it. But actually, that would have been a, that would have been actually really good on Impact. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And then to lead right into the next pay per view with like the match that we're going to be leading into the next pay per view with, which still mentioned during the show, but. I feel like if these weekly pay per views were just tv shows that most of probably 
I'd say 90% of them would be thumbs up because the context is that it's just a free show. Right. Included in the cable. By comparison of like being a premium live event that you have to pay for. Wow. Pulling that word out. Pulling the premium live event out here. Yeah, man. It's the new norm. I mean, I get why, but it's silly. It's a pain. You know, um, but okay. So in second place, it was Monty Brown uh, and D'Lo, and then in third place was the Gauntlet for the gold match, which I would consider also counts the match that takes place technically after. But yeah, it's all one. It's all one thing. Okay, so let's uh, go through Dave' notes about the show from last week, and then um, there's a bunch of like little things. He kind of jumps around a little bit, but um, and then there is. A few shorter things we'll talk about during the show as well. So, oh, and you know, well, we'll talk about it in a second. Never mind. Something's going to happen during the show on Impact today, but I have a, a brief note about it. So we'll just wait a second. Uh, so that gauntlet match was won by Jarrett. Uh, came down to Ron and Killings, blah, blah, blah. Jarrett used the belt shot, but BG James saved Killings. Jarrett got the guitar, was about to use it. And that's when Ken Shamrock ran in and then did that whole switch thing. Super exciting stuff. Now, Shamrock, because of his injuries, only worked 90 seconds of the match and basically gave everyone belly-to-belly suplexes. It got eliminated. And then uh, did his going berserk after being eliminated act. Um, The announcers had no idea that he was going to do that after the match and go crazy. And if you notice, he was swinging chairs at Don West. (laughs) Well, uh, Mike Tanay and Don West were legit scared. And not of Shamrock. But because he was swinging a chair at their table with the monitors, and they were scared that he'd break one of them and send broken glass flying everywhere. I mean, that's a reasonable fear. Right. Um, I also would uh, bet that they were also scared of Shamrock swinging a chair near their face. But, you know. Well, yeah, that probably doesn't. I mean, especially... You don't know know that that's happening. So, of course, you're going to be like, whoa, dude. You, I feel like now that I read that, it's like you can almost tell because both of them like were like whoa and like got way away from that. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, Don went all the way to like the stage. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he he was like, fuck this, man. I'm yeah. getting paid enough for this shit. Yeah. Uh, so then we had that. Uh, Dave notes that the the tag team title match went 19 seconds. I don't really know. I didn't count. It's Cage short. Ma- it's it's short as shit. Um, and that's when Douglas hit James Storm with the belt shot to get the pin. Now, the plan is, and we do, I believe we we know this going into the next pay-per-view, and they're going to mention it again on Impact, but the plan at this point is for America's Most Wanted to end up winning that double ladder match on July 14th, and that's where they have to get their gear. Right. And if they win that, then they get a tag team title shot. And apparently that is going to be setting up for a potential cage match on July 21st wow. for the tag belts. And if so, that'd be pretty big. Well, they're going heavy with steps for these guys. A ladder match and then a cage match right after that. Can it over, baby. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fine I think, with that. I think, it, I think a cage match is fitting. Right, I agree. The ladder match one is a little sillier, but I think I, I don't hate it for this feud because I feel like it's kind of been going on so long, it kind of freshens it up a little bit. So I think I'm okay with it. No, yeah, the ladder match to get their gear back, which was stolen. I mean, that it's is, silly. That is silly. 
it's silly. fundamentally it makes no sense that they would right, right. fight to get their gear back that was stolen from them. Right. I would say that's still- like a, that's like if they stole the tag belts, they put them up there, and they're like, "AMW, you're not the champions, but you will be champions if you get the belts back." If you get them back, it's like what? Like what are you talking about? Yeah. So no, it doesn't make sense. Well, possession possession is nine tenths of the law. Yeah. I think so, you're hearing me knocking. I think I'm coming in. I think I'm coming in. <laughs> uh, and Dave also notes here that the rest of the show wasn't much. Uh, it's a big difference on pay-per-view when AJ Styles doesn't wrestle. So he's saying that because Styles is on, the show was a bit of a letdown. Um, he also notes that he wasn't nearly uh, so impressed by the uh, X Division three-way tag match. But I have seemed, to, and he says, but I seem to have been in the minority uh, he says that they missed a lot of spots, uh, and it was the best laid out match, and there was some great stuff near the end. Uh, this was, he is, you know, it's Daniel's first match back after a shoulder injury, uh, and he ended up hitting the moonsault on Saban for the pin. So he didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good match. Ma- it's a good match. I mean, I, I thought it was good. Uh, as we know, they are doing this angle currently where Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian, they're kind of like a their team now, and they are trying to get Styles out of the X Division. And uh, Michael Shane's doing this gimmick where he could care less about Tracy, who sacrifices for him, and he doesn't care. So I feel like we're mm-hmm. kind of going to be phasing her out pretty soon, if I, at least out with Michael Shane, it seems like. Um. I don't know if I've even really noticed that. I don't know if I have either, but I'm going to start paying attention. But I think it's a really great point because she literally throws herself in the way of shit all the time. Well, yeah, like she'll either throw herself or, I mean, I guess he will put her in yes, the way. Too. In the way, yeah. So, But I never got a vibe that he didn't care that she did that. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye on it and see yeah. kind of how he presents it. Maybe, yeah, uh, maybe she made a mistake. Maybe she should have been with Shane Douglas. Because, you know what? Shane Douglas right now, he's got an office job. And you know what that probably means? He probably has health insurance. Could be. And also, um, Shane Douglas is the one who won the match against Michael Shane, the last one. Both and, of them. And, yeah, and it's like, it why do you want to be the loser? I don't know. Yeah, it makes no sense. That's a whole different thing. Shane, Michael Shane should have won, but whatever. doesn't matter. Um, okay, so also what I was going to mention before that we were getting to is Goldilocks, who Dave notes, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but he says that she remains an incredible waste of time, uh, is now doing a gimmick where she's filthy rich, taken from the Mr. Howell character on Gilligan's Island from the 60s. And she has bought herself an X Division wrestler, who we will be finding out on this edition of Impact what that is going to be. What does he mean by a waste of time? I think he just doesn't find her entertaining and um, finds no use in what she's doing on screen. I don't think I agree with that either. I think she's definitely serving a purpose for Abyss, and now that she's going to have an exhibition guy. I mean, the storyline with Eric Watts, I mean, that came to a conclusion. There was... Yeah, we we got to an end of that. And now, listen, that was maybe, I feel like, maybe a little drawn out, but, like, that's not her fault. No, I mean, I can see how, like, before when she was playing different characters every week, like, that was kind of bizarre. Because, like, one week she was Goldie and the next week she was uh, a right. uh, gangster or whatever. Yeah, that part was a little weird, but. 
But, I mean, I don't think it's just not a waste of time. Yeah, I agree. But, hey, I think uh, what's really interesting about Goldilocks is, I mean, she obviously started out as a backstage interviewer. And she's, like, evolved mm-hmm. quite a bit over the past two years. And, like, she's still, like, there was a bit of a time where she wasn't featured at all. But, like, she's she's featured again, and she's I think she's killing it as a manager. So, I don't know. I, well, like I, I liked her best uh, when she was the backstage interviewer and she wouldn't put up with anybody's shit. So, like, I loved it, dude. That's so, so good. Somebody would insult her for being a woman or whatever. She's like, fuck you. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. No, I love that stuff. And the, her facials and stuff like that she'd do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, so, Bob, let's dive into um, some other notes here. There might be stuff that kind of relates to the, um, to the show we just watched. Because, like I said, he kind of jumps around. But I think most of it, it's pretty fresh stuff. Um, but first off, we got some major good news starting off the week. Uh, and so, as we talked about last week, DirecTV... Dropped us. Boom. No more no more uh, TNA wrestling on uh, DirecTV. We talked about that on last week's Impact episode, I believe. Well, this week, negotiations with Dish Network were finally completed, making it the last major pay-per-view provider to come on board and carry the show. So the Dish Network is believed to cover about 8 million homes, and if the new homes do as well as the existing homes, the deal should... And for some reason, it usually doesn't work out as good as it should on paper. Add about 12% to the level of buys. Now, we still are off DirecTV, uh, which is bigger than Dish. So at the moment, it's down in homes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The company is hopeful it'll be back in August, at which point that would be available in most of the 54 million addressable homes. Uh, Nobody is talking specifics of what the problem is, but... It was a dispute over revenue splits, which would be similar to the problem that WWE had with uh, DirecTV a few years back. Uh, It's a weird political deal as InDemand was responsible for marketing TNA in the beginning, which led to problems since InDemand, which is the pay-per-view channel for cable, is very much a competitor for Dish Network and DirecTV's pay-per-view channels, at least among homes who have both Dish and cable. If TNA was a big deal to DirecTV, they'd have made provisions to continue to air without the new deal in place under the old terms. Uh, this couldn't come at a worse time, and TNA decided against acknowledging this on television. Of course, we sent, we sent the email, which we talked about uh, the last time we discussed it. But So who knows, man? Eight million more homes. We're going to have eight million buys. For you and I both know that's not right. You're, we're probably going to get about 200 more people. Yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. Their, their percentage for this is usually not very good. No, it's not. <laughs> but hey, what can you do? Uh, do you remember uh, our buddy Apollo? We haven't heard about Apollo in a while again. Yeah, El Leon. El Leon, he unmasked. Him and Dilo were a tag team. So he was back as Apollo. And like then it was like, we just kind of didn't hear about him again. Well, uh, he's moved back to Puerto Rico from Orlando. Uh and it's, it's noted here that being caught in the political IWA TNA crosshairs uh, since he signed a long-term personal services contract with Victor. I don't even know if I know how to say this last name. Um, I'm not even going to try. Victor Q. <laughs> who uh, let him work. No, I know who you're talking about. 
Okay, you, I think we've tried to say his name before. Uh, he's the IWA guy, um, I believe. Uh, he So he won't let him work TNA since Dutch Mantel is working with rival WWC and sending them talent. So there's, like, major political issues here, and that is why we are not seeing Apollo on screen. Okay. I, I believe that you touched base on this before. Yes. He, yes. he said he was going to quit IWA. I think there was talk of that, yeah. He did. Yeah. Well, as of right now, Apollo. Oh, you know what? Uh, was, the same thing was happening with Hector Garza too. Right. That remember we talked about the his political issues are are pretty crazy too. And actually, I think I, have, I might have a note about him that we'll mention in a minute. But yeah, so I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Um, okay. So remember, we also discussed that the uh, July twenty first pay per view was going to potentially be the final pay-per-view at least internally that is what people were talking about right like crew well um it's neither official uh nor at this point even likely that it's the final one uh, there is still a disagreement between the carters and the jarrett's uh, most people dave says he knows are siding with the jarrett's viewpoint originally i wouldn't have but the two uh things have made me change my mind the first is the nashville crowd have been a lot stronger and my feeling is Orlando will burn out getting two sh- shows per week. It will be even worse come the fall because the feeling is about 25% of the Orlando crowd are regular wrestling fans, and the rest are those who go to Universal. Universal business on a Wednesday or Thursday night come October is next to nothing. Um, and he says it can understand the Carter standpoint that this thing is costing big money. So it's a pretty interesting situation there. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know. Ultimately, the Carters like own it, though, right? I think they're majority owners. So they could just say no, and then, like, tough, right? They could. So I don't understand the disagreement. Right. Um, I, this is a pretty uh, interesting note here. And it seems that the problems with Ring of Honor appear to be over. While nothing is said publicly by either side. Both Chad Collier and Alex Shelley have been told that they can work for Ring of Honor. And you're probably wondering, well, do they even have contracts? Well, we'll get there. Because um, we've only seen Shelley once in the anime explosion. So. Um, so which was contrary to the original doctrine where anyone who worked for one couldn't work for the other, blah, blah, blah. This may also open the door for Jack Evans, although they, the current team Canada seems solid. Um, Collier is not under contract as they are using him without one. And Dave says he's not sure of Shelley's status. Uh, And it is believed, although not official, that AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels would return to Ring of Honor on August 7th. So we will uh, see if that NJ ends up happening. Because I believe we've talked before, I don't think Styles goes back to like 05. Isn't that correct? Uh I think so, and I'm just going to take a peek at it now and see. I mean, if it's that far away, then yeah. Let's see what happens here. You said August 7th? That is what is being said here. Do you want me to tell you or no? Uh, Why not? If you got it pulled up, let's find out. So, according to Cage Match, at least on the the card 
they're not on there. Okay. Well, there you go. I don't know. I mean, they might come out. You know. No, that's true. That's true. Well, it says it's not official, so who knows? Yeah. Interesting stuff with this Ring of Honor situation. But I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that both of them don't return until 2005. Yeah, I think we discussed that. Yeah. Um, over in in Canada here, uh, there have been commercials on ESPN Classics Canada for this quote TNA Classics on August 4th. Now, what's interesting about this is the the commercial shows the six sided ring as opposed to early shows. Uh, they didn't indicate if it would be just one show or a weekly series. But it would be tapes of the shows from two years ago, so it doesn't really mean a lot to help uh, the company today. Uh, and Dave notes that it's funny that they have no TV in Canada, but they run pay-per-view in Canada. But they do have tapes of old shows. So, interesting stuff there. Uh, this is some big news. Jeff Hardy is uh, tentatively scheduled to return on July 21st. Really? Which is pretty big. And we've been teasing this for really since he left at this point. Oh, they dropped the ball. Dusty's going to personally try to get him to come and blah, blah, blah. Well, the company wants to give Hardy a big push because of the reaction that he got. The question will be if the reaction will stay long term uh, once people realize he's not the Jeff Hardy that people thought he was going to be, that people thought was going to be the next Michaels. <sighs> I mean, that's like a silly thing to say if you ask me, but whatever. That's funny. So, hey, we'll see uh, potentially Jeff Hardy coming back soon. It's just pretty exciting news. And speaking of people we might be seeing coming back soon, as Bob kind of were teasing, Hector Garza. They're in the process of working out a legit working visa for him, which, when completed, will be he will become a regular working every Wednesday and Thursday, probably in like three to four weeks. We'll see that happen. Wow. So that's pretty uh, big. I think that's good though. I mean, I like uh, I like Hector Garza. So do I. I would not complain about that. Uh, this next thing, Bob, this might surprise you. Kid Cash. As it turns out, the deal is a work on the boys. Get the f I fucking knew it. What a <laughs> fucking joke. Yeah, dude. <laughs> So, Did we say that? We said this, right? Like, we it had to be. I feel like we use. I know specifically. I can't remember if I did or not, but I mean, come on, guys. Come on. Because from the, I'm pretty sure. And I say pretty sure because I have horrible memory. Okay. I consume a lot of this bullshit. I am pretty sure I was like, this is a Russo thing to do. Right, right. And I think, oh, bro, we gotta get them, bro. We tricked the boys, bro. The fans, bro. They don't know we're money, bro. I mean, the suspension thing. It, I think that ended up being because he was injured. I think we decided we figured out, and so that made sense. Now him taking off the roster page is like weird, but, but so you, got, you gotta go full steam with it. So I so that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Uh, and I guess back in, in 2004, people were actually probably looking at roster pages a lot more than they do these days. Cause oh, absolutely. I fucking never go on. So when people post like, oh, look at this, I'm like, I literally, when's the last time you went to WWE.com? When's, <laughs> when's the last time you went to, to com? Yeah. 
I mean, you just don't do it. It's just not a thing anymore. You know, you go to all the news sites, right? The news sites or from, I don't even click on them, Twitter. I get my wrestling news from Twitter. Yes. And the, and it's you know from people sharing and everything, but are we? So are they saying that Cash's interview with that radio well, guy was also a shoot or a work? Well, so let me. I'm gonna get to that. So there's a little a little blurb here. So uh, Dave says that it's good to know that the spirit of WCW lives, and that when all the wrestlers find this out, and apparently most have figured it out already, they'll be even more willing to not trust anything said which is always good in a business where people are naturally not trusting anyone to start with. Um, So it probably started as real. As Dave notes, he doesn't think that the interview with Brian Stahl, where he complained, was a setup. But somewhere in there, they got word out to the boys that he'd be reprimanded. Uh, He was announced as suspended and taken off the website, which is usually an indication that someone is gone, except he's not gone, and they're trying to do a Pillman angle with him. Oh, my. That's not even in the same ballpark. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Hellman was a loose cannon, not a guy. I know. Not fired or whatever. Not like an angry guy, yeah. No, yeah, he was just like unhinged. Kid Cash is not unhinged. He's just like, he just comes across like a regular heel that gets, you know, cheap heat or whatever and a complainer. Right. Well, he's uh, this is this is what's going on, man. It's a word. <laughs> I'm not surprised by it. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, I got a couple more uh, f- fun things here. Um, let's see. So this one's kind of a weird one, but I figured I'll throw it in here anyway. So there's a guy named Jimmy Daniel, um, who apparently attends every Wednesday pay per view. And so he reported this to, to Dave Meltzer. Uh, and he said, among the regular ringsiders who buy tickets every week, it's about 50-50 male-female. Uh, but most are over 35. And he said, almost all of the freebies, however, are under 35, and probably half are under 21. So this guy's kind of was like, Giving a range of what he he sees in the asylum, like the fan base. The fan base. I thought it was kind of it was kind of interesting, but also like really random that there's a random fan, Jimmy Daniel. Um. So I kind of got lost here. He's saying for freebies, the age is younger. Yes. Yeah, so, so it seems that. The freebies are younger, and half of the freebies are t- under 21. Roughly. Wow. But most, almost all, are under 20, or under 35. While most of the paid, it seems, are uh, over 35. Okay, so that's like a generational thing, probably. Right. Uh, well, I remember when they first started going, you know, this whole thing was first started in the asylum. Your front row was, like, all older women or just older in general. Right. And then once, literally, once Russo got there, the next week was substantially younger, and it seemed as if it was, like, Attitude Era fans. Yeah. When sex was formed. 
No, that's a really great point, actually. So, uh, I'm not surprised, though, that that the audience now is mostly younger. I think that makes... I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the the roster for TNA, anyway, for the most part, are younger guys. You know, there's a few veterans, but... I don't know if the older fan would be, like, recognizable to... Uh, really even AJ at this point, but most of those guys, I feel right. The younger guy, the younger fan would kind of go with. And I feel like, I mean, this seems like an era where or a company, at least where the younger talent and like younger fan, like they rise together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like when I was a kid, like, you know, Bret Hart, you know, I'm rising up in it. And then when he right. goes away, it's like Ben, you know, then it was like Benoit for me or whatever. Kurt Angle. So like I kept up with those guys. Right. So like nowadays, like back then, I'm sure like if somebody was like AJ Sile, like that's my guy. So like the rest of his career, until maybe they weren't fans anymore, they followed like that guy. Right. That's what I would have to think. No, I think that makes sense. Um, just a couple more um, fairly quick things here. And I don't think that there's a mega crossover of Ring of Honor and TNA fans. I really no, don't. I don't think there is really either. Um, let's see. So a lot of wrestlers were apparently upset that D'Lo Brown had to do the job for Monty Brown on the pay-per-view, feeling that it was unfair to D'Lo. Uh, but it's noted here that bottom line is that Dutch Mantel sees something in Monty, as everyone fucking should, and is going to give him a major push. Um, from the TV confrontation, Dave thinks that it's going to be building up an ex-NFL player for Jeff Jarrett, which is kind of disappointing to hear that it's probably just going to have Jarrett doing his normal. But but Dutch Mantel seeing something in him is pretty good because he seems to have quite a bit of influence creatively um, here in TNA at this time. Well, I think it's funny that it was unfair for D'Lo to do the job. D'Lo Brown is... Like a full time guy in Japan, he's not even gonna, he's not there every week. Oh right. So how is that unfair? That makes no sense. How is he? How is that unfair? Right. And I am kind of dreading what you just said there. Like if they're trying to maybe get him ready for a match with uh, with Jarrett. I mean, if Jarrett just beats him. I don't know. I think I'd have a tough time with that. I'm kind of, I get kind of the vibe that Mount, if Mountie gets that shot, he should just win it. Slow build it. They've already, like you said, had that interaction. And Mountie certainly didn't come across like a heel towards Jared. He came across like a baby face. Right. Uh, I would be totally fine with like that. That could be a teaser for the eventual first three-hour pay-per-view. Jared, Mountie Brown. You've already started here in fucking July, and then who knows when they announce when that first three-hour pay-per-view is. I mean, they've teased, they've been wanting to do one for right six months or over six months now. So yeah, really interesting. Uh, there was also um, some controversy happening in Nashville this past week, or a couple days ago, I guess. Uh, and this is actually kind of kind of fun. So Burt Prentice who is going to be running shows. And he uh, he and Tony Falk, who run every Friday night in Madison, well, they're rivals. 
So Dave says, funny thing is, they both Bert work- and Tony Falk are, are rivals? I guess so, yes, as far as, like, running shows. And they both work for TNA. I was just going to say, I thought they both worked for the company. Right. So Prentice is involved with selling tickets, and apparently he wouldn't let fans who regularly attend Falk shows to get the tickets that they wanted in their usual section. Um. And, yeah, and it's kind of bad because these are paying customers that usually sit together. Uh, and it turned into a minor controversy, but it was believed by the, at the end of the night Everything was worked out, and it wouldn't happen again. Oh, my. So Burt Prentice was like screwing these people who like to sit oh, with each other. Come on. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure these guys both work for TNA. I know Burt did. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and then, like, Tony Falk was like a producer or agent or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy. That's fucking hilarious. So, like, they hate each other. I mean, I guess they hate each other on their side businesses, but they have to work together. Yeah, yeah. Is that funny? That's freaking that is like it. bizarre. Um, really bizarre. Yeah, it really is. Uh, exciting news for Trinity. Uh, Newsday ran an article on her, which is pretty fun. Uh, do you think? Do you even think that will be mentioned on Tina? They fucking should, but probably not. I feel like they never, like WCW fucking never did. They'd never be like, Bret it's, Hart was in the USA Today. No, they don't, they never did. And Tina, I feel like Tina doesn't do it either. Yeah, I don't think they, they did for what, Johnny Fairplay? But it's yeah, like. not even a guy, like not a wrestler. Right, like, yeah. right. It's not noted if it was anything about wrestling was talked about, but they talked a lot about her stunt double work. Um, and she had a brief appearance in the Spider-Man 2 movie, which I actually didn't know. Uh, but she's done stunt double work for Kate Winslet, Jennifer Garner, and Jennifer Lopez, oh. uh, which is, like, crazy. And in 1998, uh, she returned to the Northeast after being, like, trying out in Hollywood and stuff and worked as a substitute teacher and did stunt double work on some TV shows. So Trinity did a, a whole ton of stuff. I feel like I knew about the Jennifer Garner stuff. I've I've heard about some things, but I didn't know if I knew specifics. No, I mean, that's pretty cool. And even if they didn't mention wrestling, I would still you mention that she my was. T- yeah, mention on my TV show because. I agree. To your viewer, they're going to be oh, shit. All right, cool. This girl's like a fucking star. Right. Even if it's like a stunt double where she's been working in Hollywood. Who cares? That's cool shit. <laughs> yeah. And I have one final note, Bob, before we talk about some dark matches as we get ready for this impact. This is kind of a big one and kind of a head scratcher. Uh, but Loki was in Nashville on July 7th, just two days before the show we're watching. And David says he's not sure what happened, but he's thinking that they wanted him to reunite with Triple X, and he never appeared, uh, and that they wanted him to once again sign a contract, and once again he refused. Uh, he and management both said best of luck to each other, and they seemed to leave on good terms. Uh, I mean, I don't blame a guy that has full-time work in Japan. Right. And part, I mean, probably, I guess, part-time work in Ring of Honor to not sign a contract with Tina. I can't blame a guy. He's by far making more money. Absolutely. Doing Japan and Ring of Honor than an exclusive deal with Tina. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt. Yeah. Pretty interesting. But that's my notes, Bob. And like we've said before, 
uh, Loki, I believe, doesn't return as well until 2006. That is, like, kind of crazy. Like, at all? Like, that we saw the last of him for now? Yeah. Like, he does not come back. And, he, and obviously, he doesn't even come back as Loki. He has a different no, character. that's right. No, he doesn't. Uh, yeah. Um, he does, doesn't, so, he, you know, that happens, and then he's gone again for years. Doesn't he come back as Loki, though, again? Um. Yeah, he does eventually, yeah. That's weird. Well, because when he returns, he's Senshi. And then he, he leaves again, I think. And then he, he does come. I think after that, that's the only time besides his, like, mini WWE run when he was Kaval that he had, like, a different name. Because then he was, he probably was so solidified as, like, Loki at that point. Like, that's the difference between, like, TNA and, like, WWE where generally they don't give a shit if you're here at a big, especially nowadays. They're, like, changing everyone's names. Dude, they so, change people's names from being on... NXT TV to the main roster. They're changing. Dude. It's nuts. <laughs> like, what are we doing? It's absolutely nuts. And they're both... Two of the shows are on the same network. I don't, yeah, right, right. It's like the the newest one I just saw was Eli Drake, LA yeah. Knight, and NXT. And they changed the name again. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking about. They they do it to everyone. I think the one of them... And it, I mean, everyone is, is still talking about it, but one of the most head-scratching ones to me was, like, Walter. He he was Walter on The Independents, was huge, came to NXT, stayed Walter, and then one day he, like, won a match and was like, I forgot exactly what he said, basically, like, yeah, Gunther, and everyone was like, huh? And it's like, <laughs> that was his name change. That was it. And then the, did you see there's one... Where they changed her name on NXT, and she didn't not to for the main roster, but she was like, "Yeah, like this is like really me. Like I just like to like drink and like have a good time, and like that's why my name's this now or whatever." Dude, it's like in I, I never understood that. It's absolutely insane. If I was Triple H, I would have offed myself by now. You destroyed his baby of oh, this, yeah. and like NXT was good. Sure. It, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, and given I, most of them left at this point, but like, there's a good reason why. I remember this was probably about two or three months ago. I was on like Instagram, or whatever, and there was like a post by them, and they're like, "Tonight on NXT." And I was like, you know, it was one of those like slide through and see the matches. I had not heard of one single person. Yeah. And before it was like, fucking, it was like a super indie on WWE TV. Right. And now it's like, it it's like bizarre. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. And like, even the couple people I do know and like, like Joe Gacy and stuff like that, it's like, and like, Braun Breaker's cool, but like, I just don't, I don't care because everything else is so out there. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And when you have stupid names like Grayson Waller, like, What? I think the one I saw was, like, NXT Level Up. Yeah, that was, like, that's their, like, secondary show, I think. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's, like, the developmental of their developmental. So, okay. So, they've got, like, you know, WWE's your major league team, and then NXT's your AAA, and then NXT Level Up is, like, your double A to get to the AAA. It's, like, whatever, man. I don't get it. Just it's just bizarre. It's just absolutely bizarre. 
Uh, yeah, we don't. Yeah, I could keep going because I'm looking at their. I'm not gonna do it. I can't do it. <laughs> Are you on NXT's website right now? No, I'm on their Instagram. No, we okay. don't go to the website. We don't go to I was, websites. I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> you don't go to the website, then you're on the website. No, but actually, I maybe I am gonna go after and look at their roster on their website, so I don't know anyone. Like, just be like, who are these people? Right. Um. Okay. So two dark matches before Impact. There's nothing after, which is actually surprising because they've been doing that. But we had Team Canada, which was, in this case, Eric Young, Johnny Devine, and Bobby Roode defeating the team of Rod Steele, Bruce Steele, and Frankie Capone. And then there's another uh, tag match, not six-man, though, where America's Most Wanted defeated the team of Lex Levette and Titus Ryan Wilson in the mask. Oh, that is Ryan Wilson. Are we ever going to see that, dude? Uh, I don't think we ever—I don't think we're going to see Titus. I want to see Titus. I want to see how dumb it is. I do too. I don't know. I'm going to Google it during the show. I doubt there's a picture. There's, come on, there's got to be. Ryan Wilson, Titus. There has to be. You're probably just going to get the TV show like Titus or whatever. No, I, no, I mean, they're showing. Is that no, that can't be right. That doesn't even look like it. No, that's not him. I mean, there's like, I think that's him in like a weird mask, but that's not. That's not the same thing. Hmm. Then there's a picture of him bald on here, which is a very weird look. I wonder if Brian Wilson was like the same guy in twenty like in WWE. They thought he was gonna be really good, and then he sucked. Uh, very well could be. So the shirt, the search was so specific. There's like 30 pictures and half of them aren't even of him. So, I mean, you're kind of getting it. There's a good chance because this one keeps popping up. So I'm going to say there's a good chance, Bob. This it could potentially be what Titus looks like. I could see that. There's potential. And if you guys are wondering, he's wearing black tights. He's got black like wrist gauntlets, black boots, black knee pads. And a very weird black mask on. It almost looks like an executioner. And I saw, and it's definitely him. I mean, he's got the same tattoo on his left arm. But that's the only thing that kind of comes up. So, I don't know. Maybe that's him. It, which definitely indicates to me that we'll probably never actually see him on screen, too. Because I feel like there definitely need to be pictures. There'd be like a, at least a couple of like TNA produced pictures or something. Right, right. Okay, well, that's all we got, man. I got a couple short things during the show, but nothing, nothing crazy. So I'm ready to get into this episode of Impact, Bob. All right. Well, I guess it's that time then. It's July 9th. Impact runtime is 46:25. There shouldn't be any technical difficulties this time like we had uh, last Impact, at least on my end. Oh, yes, we did have some. I forgot about that. That was fun. So uh, we'll be avoiding that. I'm going to count down from three when I say play. That's when you're going to want to follow along, if you want to watch along, on Impact Plus, or if you have it in your own personal collection, that works as well. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. With Ken Shamrock snapping on his teammate. 
who will take a stand against the king of the mountain? What's the status of Jeff Hardy? Smart of them using showing the footage of Jeff Hardy hyping that up on TV like that. Of course. It's total nonstop action wrestling impact. <laughs> this is the best part of the Dallas's week. Uh, yeah. <coughs> kind of is. Yeah, I figured. Because, like, if I get to watch Impact, man, it's a good time. Oh. AJ Styles. Three-way main event. <gasps> New Jeff lead Hammond. analyst, Jeff Hammond. Fireworks, pyro. Careful, guys. It's going to catch on fire in a couple years. Yeah. Pop, 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 pop. Uh, Bob, shockingly enough, oh, look at this. Oh, I love this view from the tunnel. Wait, here come America's Most Wanted. So they just did a dark match. Another. Oh, no, it's not. Sorry. Oh, my God. It's the Naturals. You thought it was A&W for real? <laughs> They got you with the gear. Yeah, they did, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Never mind, guys. It's the Naturals, our new tag team champions. Um, shockingly enough, Bob, we only have 750 in the impact zone this week. Well, it's because they're getting burnt out already. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Triple X, Christopher Daniels, Elix Skipper. Look at that outfit by Daniels. That one's cooler than the one he just wore on pay-per-view. That is a lot better. It's red. It's not clear. I didn't really like the clear as much. I think Scott uh, Primetime should keep coming out with the scale again. Remember when he was coming out with the scale? He's for pound for pound. Oh, I do remember that, yeah. The best. So the Naturals versus Triple X opening us up. 10-minute time limit. The bell has rung. We're only two minutes and 34 seconds into the show. We're ready to go. Uh, I actually do have a note about... Uh, oh, shit. I just closed it. About Christopher Daniels. Hold on. Daniels Thanks. and Douglas kicking it off. Uh, Daniels is talking about moving his family to Orlando. Uh, it will both make travel easier here every week. Plus, there are a lot more indie dates in the Northeast than in the West Coast. And he figures he'll be able to get more bookings since it would cost less for promoters to bring him in. All great points. Cartwheel to not come back from that monkey flip. And, oh, countering the hip toss. Monkey flips Andy Douglas. Arm drag. Chase Stevens gets another arm drag. Andy Douglas arm drag. Daniel's doing his best Ricky Steamboat impersonation. <laughs> here comes Did the you... prime time. The clothesline to Douglas. Oh, here we go. And then he's going to lift up Daniels up into the air to deliver an elbow drop. Now it's going to get a three count. That No, two count. Two. What uh, did, did you see? So I'm sure you saw all the rumors about Ric Flair and Steamboat were going to wrestle or whatever. Well, Steamboat apparently like came out and was like, I'm not doing that. Or something yeah. like something along those lines, and apparently Conrad was not very happy about this. Right? Why would he be upset about that? 
Because he thought it was gonna thought it was gonna be a thing. I don't know. I read something. I was like, this is some silly shit. That whole situation makes no sense. To me. It's a weird. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Kai literally has a pacemaker. Bob, he talked to forty doctors. Skipper just kicked uh, Andy Douglas in the back and Chase. Or sorry, Chase Stevens in the back. Andy Douglas just hit him from the apron, and then he just got his head taken off by Chase Stevens. Well, uh, Flair talked to forty doctors because the first thirty-nine all said, "You're an idiot." Don't I know. Do I saw you saying that. <laughs> Um, I can't wait for uh, WrestlingRecaps.com, my favorite wrestling resource website, to review Ric Flair's return match. Yeah, I see. And it's you probably, know what's going to happen. Uh, probably not. And then, you know, what's, what's funny is that it's probably going to be like a six-man tag, right? And Flair will end up doing absolutely nothing but put the figure four on somebody and win the match. Okay, tape machines are rolling. We're about to go to commercial, but uh, the Naturals are, have the the upper hand here as Andy Douglas is stretching Skipper's arms over the top rope while his chest was facing the turnbuckle. It did not look comfortable. Now and of course, like four and a half minutes left in the match. Yeah, Time we're in, we're in a fucking like chin lock. <laughs> okay, he's getting out. So do you think they were just in that for those couple no minutes? Way. Weird. There's no. Skipper going for that high kick, but uh, Andy Douglas's arm kind of got in the way. But even, he took even, if, even if they were, at least that's better than uh, WWE like telling people to not wrestle, like just stop doing what you're doing. I remember that, like when that was like a thing, and it was like what? Yeah, I think that was just because that was during like the pandemic, though, right? Oh, you know, you're right. Yeah, when there was nobody in the crowd. Yes, no, you're right about that. Daniels on a flurry of offense here. Heel kick to Douglas. Stevens blocks a kick. And gets slammed to the mat by Daniels. But is he going to... Yeah, oh, me. He's calling for it. Best moonsault ever. Boom. Hits it. That should be it. One, two. No. And Douglas breaks it up. It is pretty good. It's a pretty damn good moonsault. But is it the best ever? It looks smooth as fuck. So I, you could put... That's it- not my question. Is it the best ever? I'll tell you what my favorite moonsault is. I was going to say, like, oh, Angel's Wings. Angel's Wings. Are they about to beat? Nope. Douglas Douglas breaks it up. My favorite moonsault of all time is uh, Lockdown, when Kurt Angle almost broke his neck doing a top row moonsault. Yeah, well, he does not have the best moonsault ever. That's for sure. Kurt Angle. No, I like Cody's because it's, like, sideways. (laughs) <laughs> it's not a moonsault thing. That's like Bam Bam Bigelow. Like he wouldn't even sometimes right, he wouldn't right. even do like a full rotation. Oh shit! Buckshot lariat. Yeah, I don't know what else to call it. So Hangman Page here in the ring with Andy Douglas. Wow! Oh, he just, he just lifted him up by his knee for a spine buster. <laughs> that was awesome. It's prime time, by the way. Uh, not Hangman Page, guys. Don't want to give her an excuse. Well, right. We're not. Yeah. Uh, Daniels and Skipper in the ring. Looks like we're going for a double team. Oh, nope. Oh. Chase Stevens breaks it up. Now the Naturals going after Daniels. Irish Whip comes back. Tilt to Whirl. Oh, he catches him. Natural disaster? Nope. No, Skipper makes a save. Skipper tossed out of the ring. One, two. 
Oh, he kicked him in the ribs. Douglas breaking the cover with a kick to the ribs. Double, Double flapjack. Got it. That's got to be the win right there. Okay, they actually Nobody. almost was it, which is... <laughs> Nobody wins with a flapjack. Nobody wins with a flapjack. It's just not possible. I was listening to JR's podcast the other day, and he was saying, when's the last time you saw somebody win with the Tope Suicida? <laughs> It's like, when's the last time you saw somebody win with a power slam? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> 995. Yeah, like, come the on. Bulldog. And the fact that I mean, they re him to an extension, too. And it's like, the guy hates the product. And we're just like, yeah, all right, we'll give you more time. That's some silly shit. When's the last time you saw it? Who gives a fuck? Oh, shit, look at this. Are they going to do the power and glory finisher? Superplex? By Daniels, and now Skipper coming off with a... Oh, he does a leg drop, not a split. He, he walked the rope and did the leg drop. One, two... Oh! Oh, Douglas pulls the referee out. Triple X on the verge of victory, and you know if they just won this, they definitely would be getting a tag team title match. I would have to think so. We got 25 seconds left in the match. And these Holy shit! I need, the time's flying by. I didn't even realize... Wait a second. Is this going to be our first time limit draw on TV? Sure, it looks like it. It's kind of looking like it. this match is chaotic right now. Somebody Nine, get dusty eight, out here. Five, four. There's three, no way. Two, one. Time limit expires. See, I've never understood the time limit because you should just have the time limit draw be at 9.58. Because, I mean, realistically, you can't get three seconds. Well, I guess it, someone could tap out in, like, a second, maybe. No, I guess that's true. Yeah. Sabisco's so, come. He, well, he's not. He's backstage. He, I guess he's been watching this match the whole time, which I don't believe that. They did show him. Wait, Jimmy Borash. Judge Larry Zabisco has rendered a decision already? Holy shit, he... He says that prime time and Daniels won. Wow. Okay. To be fair, bizarre. they ha- they did have more offense in this match. I feel like as we kind of went going yeah. in the beginning, it was fairly split in the. Be- oh wait, 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 wait! America's Most Wanted going right after the Naturals. Look at the three teams we got in the ring: the Naturals, America's Most Wanted, and Triple X. Well, you know what's better than the tag match? What's that? three-way tag match three-way tag match with which we've already seen some really awesome tag teams right look at this triple x america's just wanted staring down remember shake hands you cowards arguably the best match in 2003 was the cage match between those two teams oh kazarian michael shane up next look at this Oh, yeah, they're showing the shocking victory, the 19, 12 seconds, whatever it was. Uh, talking about Vince Russo? Okay, so they're talking about the ladder match that we're about to see um, next week. Their pride, dignity, and identity is up for stake in the match. If AMW climbs up those ladders and get the stuff back, then they 
get a tag team title match. And if they win. Pretty uh, big hype package here for our ladder match coming up next week. Looking forward to that. Now we're back in the impact zone. I hear Michael Shane's music playing. Here they come. With Tracy, here's Frankie Kazarian, Michael Shane. See, he's holding Tracy's hand. I mean, I feel like if he was doing this gimmick where he doesn't care about her, he probably wouldn't show her that kind of affection, but what do I know? Tracy's also wearing a buttoned-up shirt and pants, which almost makes me feel like she could get involved here, but... And here comes Shark Boy in D-Ray 3000. And I actually have a note about D-Ray 3000 because uh, he did an interview... It doesn't say where, which is kind of fun. But Alvarez mentions it, and the bell rings as Kazarian and Michael Shane immediately go after Shark Boy and D-Ray. Um, but he, Alvarez says that in this interview, D-Ray 3000 came off as shockingly lucid. Because as we know, he's kind of clueless. But uh, he talked about when he was getting his name, about getting the name D-Ray 3000. He says, quote, when I was training to be a wrestler, I came up with the name Don Crisis. And when I came to, here to TNA... They said I looked like Andre 3000 from Outcast, So mm. they approached me and said, think of something that goes with 3000. So I'm walking around the locker room trying to think of a name and 3000. And Christopher Daniels started helping me out. Then out of the blue, he just said D-Ray 3000. And I thought that sounded cool and it worked. So I went back to management and they liked it. So that's how it came about. Wow. Well, I, I mean, I've always have wondered about that. Well, it is kind of a weird name, so it's kind of fun that there's like a little, uh, somewhat of a story behind it. And Daniels is the one who helped him out. Shark he Boy. Look, he does look like the guy too from Outcast. Same. Yeah. But, okay, you know, you know who that is. Oh, I thought I did I mishear what you said. What did you just say? He looks like a guy from that, like that Outcast. Really. From Outcast, yeah, I know who Outcast is. Full crap, you do. Oh, because you're. Oh, Bob, notice real quick what Tracy's wearing. She's so, so substantially, con yeah, it's way less than, or, I mean, more clothing, but not as, you know, exposing as. It's probably because we're on TV. I thought at first yeah. maybe she was going to be getting involved. Maybe that's why, but it's got to be because we're on TV. I didn't even think about Absol that. It's absolutely right. Kazarian, atomic drop on Shark Boy. He just kicks him in the head, bounces off. Swinging neckbreaker. Spinning, swinging. He's so, he's so cool. He's so he's doing he's the coolest guy in the world. He's the future of professional wrestling. And he just returned to Impact Wrestling as of this recording, like three months ago. <laughs> oh, going for that slingshot leg drop, but Shark Boy was up, rolls through. That must Tags mean that that must mean that Impact and AEW are they still have like a working relationship then, right? I would say they're still friendly, yeah. It must be. Oh, D Ray. That was like a cross body slash swinging reverse DDT. It was, it was almost like he was kind of doing it. It looked like a sling blade at first, but. Yeah, yeah. The way he hit it was a little different, but. Why are D-Ray 3000 and Shark Boy getting the upper hand right now, Bob? Look at this. They're, they're being, they're destroying these guys. Shark Boy about to do a slingshot cross body. Look at that. Tracy gets thrown oh. in the way, dude. Her head might have hit the concrete. 
I'm surprised the FS1 or FSN showed that. It's a fair point. Maybe it's the last time we'll see that. The I violence on women. I thought they would do a cutaway. No, D-Ray is going high risk, but gets caught by Michael Shane. And here comes Frankie Kazarian. No way. He's going to hit the flux capacitor. D-Ray has no fucking clue where he is. Oh, he hits that he flux hits capacitor. That's got to be it. Pin him. One, two, three. Huh. Okay. I would say that that's even a better move than the Spanish fly. It's the same move. No, it's not. Spanish fly, they're literally doing a standing moonsault with the guy. The flux capacitor, he's landing on top. Like, well, like, uh, does like he mean, wait, does he mean to land on top of him, though? Because to, so. to me, it comes off like he's, it's because of his rotation. Yeah, but I think like, the rotation is that he lands on top to pin them. Okay, I'll accept it. Oh, shit. Goldilocks presents his her baby bear Alex Shelley up next. So she's, so she's bought Alex Shelley. He's the X Division guy. Were they supposed to reveal it like that, or that was weird? But here, it doesn't matter. We're just walking out together anyway. Yeah. Look at her. Look at her the fur scarf on, fancy black dress. Alex Shelley on her arm, wearing much better gear this week than he was before, and Abyss in tow. And they're coming out is, to Abyss's song. Yeah, is Abyss gonna get jealous that Goldilocks is with Shelley now? Is that what we're trying to do? Put sympathy on the big guy, ugly guy that's got a mask on. Bob, it's really funny you mentioned that. Um, oh, is that is that a note? I mean, it was gonna be for next week, but. Um, so technically, it's kind of like you know, Shelly. He is Dave says is teaming with Abyss, but Abyss Abyss is about to go into a jealous rage. So yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. And look at this: Abyss and Shelly versus Bats and Clark, Jarrell Clark. I don't know who who is who is Bats here. Uh, Bats is Mikey Bat. He once Mikey to, Bats. Yeah, Mikey Bats. He once goes to uh, WWE and they want to make him a Harry Potter guy, and he said no, and they fired him. <laughs> so that was a thing. Uh, Jarrell Clark awesome. is actually a lot of fun. He is Mr. 630. We've seen him before on pay-per-view. Oh, we did, didn't we? Yes, we did. Did he do the 630? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Uh, that was a nice standing sliced bread by Alex Shelley. I remember when I first saw Jarrell Clark, I and I saw him do that move. I was like, this guy will be X Division champion in no time. Because it felt very similar to Jason Cross, like when he did the crossfire. Like right. drop thing. I thought Jason Cross do X Division champion. It's going to happen. That's fair. Spoiler alert. I'm 0 for 2. 0 for 2. Uh, he has a look like he'd fit in just fine in the X Division. So it actually is kind of surprising that we didn't see him kind of more. But. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, Bob. I believe when we talked to Goldilocks... Oh, at this point, like two years ago, uh, there were some issues with Alex Shelley and her. Isn't that correct? Well, this storyline that we were into. I don't think I don't think they got along. Yeah, they didn't. It's kind of like Alex Shelley didn't like it or something. Or yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily remember the details, but I mean, I feel like maybe he didn't want to share the heat, maybe, or felt like she was taken away from his heat. Mm. 
it's kind of similar. It might be similar to like Bobby Heenan and Rick Rude. Like Rick Rude hated working with Bobby Heenan, not because Bobby Heenan was bad or anything, but because Bobby Heenan would take the heat. Right. So. Alec Chelly has tagged out after Jarrell and Mikey Bats. Did you ever watch? Did you, you ever watch uh, Scrubs? I have not. I was gonna say Jarrell Clark looks exactly like. Zach Braff's best friend. I feel like I know who you might be referencing, but Abyss destroys Mikey Bats and splashes Jarrell Clark in the corner. And he goes into the other corner to splash Mikey Bats. And Alex Shelley climbing up to the top. And Abyss taking Jarrell Clark. Okay, it looked like a footstomp to the back of the head of Mikey Bats as Abyss is potentially hitting. Shock treatment. Still doesn't have a name. Still no name for it. Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. Shelly throat. Holy shit. What an insane black hole slam on Mikey Bats. That should be good. It's a three count. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, as, as Don West says, nice combination of size and speed here. And Goldilocks has her baby bear, Alex Shelley. The acquisition of the baby bear. Jesus. Immediate dividend. Look at, look at Abyss. Because Goldilocks and Alex Shelley are leaving, and he's kind of looking like, wait a second. So they're already teasing that because she's celebrating. Right, and it looks like Jeff Jarrett is sending his elite guard next. I don't hate this. I mean, I don't hate that storytelling. Just make Abyss a baby face. Because we need, we need a baby face. We're very heavy on the uh, heels. I agree. Here are the elite guard, Onyx, Hot Stuff Hernandez. We're probably just calling it the oh, what a ridiculous! What a ridiculous run. I know. And uh, Chad Collier, who does not yeah, have a contract. Two, two of the three have a contract. How awkward is that for Chad Collier to be like, yeah, dude, I am the only one of the three to not have a contract. This is I don't going get great. it. Oh, shit. Three live crew. Still be getting rowdy. Crowd's popping for them. Yeah. It's probably because they're being told to. Well... I'm not going to buy into that forever. I just want you to know that. I'll buy into it now because it's new, but I'm not buying that forever. It's a a soundstage. Yeah, but there's going to come a time where our crowd reactions are going to be very real. I don't know about that. Get out of here. Well, I mean, there are going to be times where I'll hear crowd reaction and I look at the crowd and they're sitting on their hands. Then uh, that's going to be really sad. Yeah. And it for sure happens six years from now. Okay. Fucking six years from now. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) Jesus. A lot of things are different in six years. This ring is gone, for one. Oh, yeah. Which is fucking stupid. There's just a rumor going around. I saw it. They're going to bring that six out and all the wrestlers are like, oh, I must have missed this meeting. 
I saw that Moose was like, Dude. oh yeah, in that in that same meeting, I'm I'm I got a two million dollar raise, and all these other things. Yeah, of a tour bus, and everyone agreed about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're actually going to see him on this show, and since Killings is kind of involved in the situation, well, we're not we're not going to see Moose on this show. He's not there no. over ten years. <sighs> Ken Shamrock. As oh. Ron Killings is uh, dropkicking Hernandez. Uh, he did an interview. Um, on his website this past week, and he kind of talks a little bit about his injury and stuff. So I just want to mention that here now because I don't know if there's going to be another good point during the show. As there's a tilt to world reverse DDT, it looked like from Killings on Hernandez, and BG James gets tagged in. Uh, so regarding pro wrestling, he said, "Quote: Pro wrestling is something where you can always work around particular injuries. So with that, I am not worried. NWATNA is very accommodating." And he says, all the guys in the locker room are very respectful and willing to work around my injuries. I love what I do in UFC. I am planning on wrestling for NWA TNA on their Wednesday night pay-per-views until my rotator cuff surgery, which will be on August 11th in Reno, Nevada. Mm. Uh, He continues to say that working in TNA is a lot of fun. It is entertainment. It is just a great group of guys and a great product people should check out. I got to bring my four boys to the show tonight, and it was a great experience. Jeff Jarrett, Dusty Rhodes, Road Dog, all of them. It's great, man. My boys love it, but this doesn't have anything to do with my passion. It's all in caps. With my return to the UFC, real fighting, when I fight Tito Ortiz or whoever else UFC wants me to fight, I'm going to bring it to another level. Yeah, he, he proceeds to lose every UFC fight under that banner that he would ever have again. So that's he, passionate. He certainly he certainly brought it. Onyx going for a pin after uh some offense by Hernandez. But BG James, oh you didn't know, he kicks out it's like oh, you didn't know Be Jizzle, dude. Wearing a weird like muscle shirt underneath his jersey I'm a little confused about. I mean, I do that. I wear muscle shirts underneath jerseys. Undershirts. Oh, okay. Never mind. I feel like you're supposed to, if you're not like a bass, like an actual basketball player. Conan isn't. Are you sure? Yeah. Pretty pretty positive. You can't see maybe, anything. Maybe he's a basketball player. Maybe he's got a bra on. You could. Rolling, Rolling Thunder, Thunder yet. Look at this guy. Hernandez taking bumps. Chad Collier still doesn't have a contract. He took a head toss. Oh, Onyx just shit. got eliminated over the top rope. I think he hit the ring steps on that. <laughs> Face buster onto Hernandez. Oh, I First like that DT steal and Sting's finish. That's good. Ron Killings and Hernandez going over the top on a double clothesline. Tequila Sunrise. Collier doesn't really know what he's doing, but he's got it locked in. Conan's got it locked in. The referee is not paying attention. He is not. BG, stop talking. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Jeff Jarrett. Oh, you just smacked Conan with the guitar. The guy without a contract, he's not going to get the pin. The guy with a contract. Well, Hernandez comes in, and he Whoa. pins Conan. So even with Jarrett getting involved, that's got to be considered a major upset. I think so. Even with the interference. BG going right after Hernandez. Oh, yeah. Now, listen, I've got to say something. I love... Guitar shots, right? I love them. Yeah. They're so fun. They explode. But seeing them twice a week on every show is kind of a lot. Yeah, it is. 
And that's coming from someone I legitimately love seeing his guitar explode on someone's head. Wait. This Wednesday, bring Zabisco, bring Dusty Rhodes. I don't care. He's on the microphone. Jared, and they're all just beating up three-life crew. Wait. Here's Dusty and Zabisco. Well, they brought him, I guess. Oh, Jeff Hammond brings us a special look at TNA's six-headed ring up next. I like how a NASCAR driver that has no wrestling experience is an expert. Right. Zabisco says, right here in my hand is evidence. Well, Russo should be uh, reversing the decision. Well, that's a fair point. Let me tell you something, Jarrett. Looking at a couple of men who survived in this game over 30 years. Two of the master players of human chess. Do you agree with that, Bob? Two of the best players of human chess. Um, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know. I'm not really a big Sabisco or Dusty fan. Well, I'll tell you right now that Dusty does not think that. And we will talk about that on next episode. Oh, Jesus Christ. Stay tuned. I wonder what he's, I wonder what he says. Is it negative towards Sabisco? It could be. It's about this segment in particular. Oh, shit. So I'm trying to pay very close attention to this. This Wednesday on pay-per-view... We're going to Larry Land. We're going to have a guitar on a pole match. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dusty says, uh, let me get this straight. Let me get all this rhetoric straight. All myself straight. Okay. Okay, we're getting everything straight. Jarrett, if you thought this for one minute. <laughs> Larry looked like he was saying something to the crowd or something. Dusty stopped and looked right at him. Yeah, he did. He's going to stretch him like a rubber band. I like old man Larry Zabisco. Well, old man Larry Zabisco, where he tells Austin that this autograph will mean something when he dies. It'll be worth something when I'm dead in a few years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I want to meet him just just because of that. That's the only. Can you write on my autograph to Dallas? This will be worth a lot when I'm dead. Larry Zabisco. Yeah. I wonder what was what made Dusty uh, not. Like this. I hope it's something like Sabisco wasn't supposed to be in the match and then he just put himself in the match. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of missed exactly what the announcement was. Well, I Dem- think they're having a guitar on a pole match. And uh, these guys are involved in that? Is that what yeah, we got I think they're both. I think they're both in the match. Look at this. Jeff Hammond. Six-headed ring. Empty impact zone. I actually love how this looks. 
You follow NASCAR, you know what I'm talking about. I don't. It's talking about with NASCAR. I know nothing about that. Well, it's all about speed. You should educate yourself on it. Even though the ring is a little bit bigger than normal. Right. You can come off the ropes faster because they're more narrow. Uh, turnbuckle to turnbuckle. The different angles you can come at your competitor. So you better be on your toes. More impact zones than you normally have, which he's calling the turnbuckles. Next day, guys gonna know all about it too. <laughs> yep, that's what it's all about. Speed. I got a need for speed. I'm sure happy to be here. Wow, that was like sort of awkward. That was dumb. Oh. Uh, Dallas, I think this is important to know here. Johnny Fairplay didn't have his reality challenge thing. We'll talk about that on next episode as well. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't believe you even noticed it. 19th and 20th of July, you got to check out that gut check, Bob. You know what they should do with this gut check thing is uh, they keep on mentioning this. It's like David Young and people that are on the gut check should have to go to the gut check. Mm-hmm. And, like, and then like on the tryout, try to earn their spot or something or whatever. Wait, Team Canada against Saban, Amazing Red, and Triple X on pay-per-view. Eight, huge, yeah. amen. Two singles match. Oh, that's right. Styles will be facing both Michael Shane and Kazarian in singles matches. Right. We have the double ladder match. Apparently, we have this guitar and a pole match, dude. This is a this is a lot. <laughs> it sounded like a pretty damn good show. Ten man guitar and a pole. American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, Larry Zabisco, three live crew. Taking on Jeff Jarrett, Ken Shamrock, and the Elite Guard. Holy wow. shit. <laughs> are you guys ready? Look at these guys behind him. Those, those guys are probably wrestling fans, right? Yeah, they got to be. Okay, three-way X Division match next. P.D. Williams, Chris Sabin, and the X Division champion, AJ's, AJ Styles. The f -f 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 phenomenal AJ Styles. This is the video. So He's so good, I can't get it out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I only have one more, like, brief note, I believe, that I can mention. I I only was going to mention if we had a minute, and we have a highlight package here. So uh, it's noted on July 3rd and July 4th, Velocity drew the lowest rating for a WWE cable television show in history with a .33, which is Wait, identical. What's the date? The 3rd and 4th of July. It's probably only one of those days, but. Yeah, um, but that rating is identical to what TNA did the day before on FSN in a worse time slot. Although TNA did 216,000 homes and Velocity did technically more with 288,000. Now keep in mind, in the, in the same time slot, WCW Saturday Night never did less than a 1.3. Uh, Experience did a 0.44, which is also its record low. Finishing up that highlight package there. We're at 35 minutes and 50 seconds right now. Oh, Jeff yeah. Hammond on commentary for this final match with Don West and Mike Tanay. I feel like this is kind of important, too. I mean, the context here as well. It's 4th of July weekend. Right. Who's really, I mean, 
on a Saturday at 11 o'clock at night or whatever. Anyway, you want to know what was on that Velocity episode that made it the worst ever? Yeah. The time? Yeah. All right. Nunzio and Johnny Stamboli defeated the Basham brothers. <laughs> Charlie Haas defeated Mark Jinjak. And in the main event, which for velocity standards, I'm I think that's this is pretty strong. And compared to everything else that month, aside from maybe one, it's really strong. Paul London and Billy Kidman defeating the WWE tag team champions, the Dudley Boys, by disqualification. Wow. Yeah, I think that I mean, again, for velocity standards, that's not a bad you know, No, not bad, really. But yeah, I think for I mean Fourth of July week, I, I I probably wouldn't be watching Velocity that weekend either. Okay, Saban's out, P. Williams is out, and here comes our X Division champion, the phenomenal. Is this for the strap or is it non-title? I believe it is non-title. The reigning X Division champion. Every day is my life. So his theme song is a banger. <clears throat> this should be a good match. Uh, this should be a really good match. I am, I am. Oh, we, we're going to hear from Jeff Hardy. Oh, oh! will we hear from Jeff Hardy Wednesday night? Because Dusty Rhodes gave him a seven-day window with that contract. So they're teasing on Wednesday. We're also going to potentially hear from Jeff Hardy. Jeez. Oh, three-way. I thought we are going to get a three-way German there. Williams flips Saban behind him. Oh, he went for a drop here, but... Petey caught him in an atomic drop. Ducks the clothesline, gets drop kicked by AJ Styles. Drop salt. Drop salt. Oh. Thought we lost audio for a second, but we're there. Catching the foot of Saban. Backflip lands on his feet. Saban, pop up. Hurricane Rana. Clotheslines AJ Styles out of the ring. Oh, fuck. Did he just hit his face on the guardrail? I mean, it looked like, but I think he might have just been. I I think so too, but it looked like holy shit. And the noise when his arm hit it, dude, that looked pretty yeah. good. Slingshot, nope. Uh, he caught himself on the apron. Style swipes the legs of Petey Williams. Saving gets thrown into the corner. Now at the scroll at the bottom, we're seeing all the matches that they just talked about for. Next week, the guitar on a pole match. Oh, shit. Uh, he, like, I don't even, how did they even just get him up there like that? So, Saban was going for, like, a suplex into the ring, and then AJ just took him to do that. Well, he was going him. for a style sketch, but Petey countered it. And he landed on Saban. Petey went to cover Saban, kick out two, cover Styles, another kick out. Okay, and then also, will Sabu answer Raven's challenge? That's also noted for next show. Well, he probably won't verbally answer it, right? 
I would say probably not. But Dutt could do it for him. That's true. All three of the individuals still in their 20s. In fact, I believe they're all in their early 20s, probably. Holy oh, shit. That was a nice headlock backbreaker. I don't even know who the oldest in this match is. There's no way these guys are over the age of 25. My gut says Styles is the oldest out of these guys, but I don't know that for sure. Because it, I believe, isn't Saban like... Saban's like 22. 22, that's what I was thinking. And PD's younger. I think he's even might be even younger than him. Oh, DDT. And like a... What was that? It was a combo. DDT and like a reverse DDT combo or something on Saban and Peaky there. Well, Jeff, you can relate to this. Is he, is he trying to say that Daryl Waltrip would punch him or something? Joining uh, no, DDT he, by Saban. He's talking about comparing, I believe, Demore to a crew chief. Goodbye, you gotta get up, PD, if you wanna win the match. Okay, so yes, Chris I'm do I'm looking it up. I had to Saban is twenty-two at the time of this match. Okay. Hold on, give me just a second. I gotta find everyone's birthdays to do this. Oh Corey special. AJ's on the apron waiting, and he's going to hit a Holy springboard shit. 450 right to the lower back of Saban. His knees like went right in the lower back there. Williams is also 22. He's going to be – he's technically older than Saban by a couple months. It looks Who is? Like. P- PD's about to turn 23 in August of 2004, um, and Saban just turned 22 in February. Okay. And then let me get up our last guy here. Oops. And at this match, Styles has just turned 27 on June 2nd. Oh, wow. oh shit. I didn't even know didn't that know. Michael, Shane, and Kazarian were at the floor, and Di- Styles just dived onto both of them. Somersault dive. PD and Saban are left in the ring. It was maybe a cradle shock. No, Demore's on the apron. He gets forearmed off. PD ducks a clothesline. Interesting. No, our time has disappeared from the top of our screen. Canadian Destroyer. Well, I don't know if you noticed. It was like glitching earlier. I did not. I was probably yeah. not noticing that during the thing. But PD has won the match, pitting Chris Saban with the Canadian Destroyer. That's Big win. win. That's a go win for PD. Mm-hmm. 
AJ going after Kazarian, and now he's got Shane with a topic drop and a close. And of course, we know these these three guys. AJ will be fighting both of them in two singles matches. That's right. Weakening down the champion, perhaps. Ah oh, man, Kazarian just clotheslined his own partner. AJ's on the apron waiting. Springboard flying form that he barely grazed Shane with because he was pretty far away. Kazarian cutting off AJ, helping out his partner, Michael Shane. We'll see you Wednesday on pay-per-view. It looks like we're about to go off the air with this just beatdown of styles. And we're not going to hear from Jeff Hardy? No, that's next week. I thought, it was, I thought they said about Wait. Anderson. Alpha Male has his eye on this prey this Wednesday night. He's standing behind a cage. Pounds. Period. MW, you think we're scared of you? Oh, I like this. It's like little clips of uh, all the guys talking about what they're doing. Look at Goldie his baby bear. There's the best. They said just them walking. <laughs> I do like this too. This is a cool way to end the show to like hype up the pay per view. Double letter match, boys. Let me show you me choking you with a chair. Ah, oh, fuck. A single, a double, and a triple. I'm the king of the mountain. You all made a big The guitarist comes into play, but it's going to be on a pole. Tennessee Popsicle. Yeah. Oh, Bob, there we go. We go off the air. Oh, that was fun. I thought that was a good show. I was really good. I, that might be the uh, best impact we've seen so far. I think I might agree with you. I think that was a that was a really good one. Some big wins for a lot of those guys. And I think they're doing better and better every week, kind of hyping up the the, the following pay-per-view. Because I'm pretty excited about that pay-per-view. So, Well, that pay-per-view is absolutely huge. There's tons of stuff going on. Yeah. Well, maybe not huge. But yeah, like you said, there's a lot of... There's just a lot of exciting stuff. matches. And, like, I mean, Shamrock's going to be back. Um, some great X Division matches, and the potential of hearing from Jeff Hardy and Sabu answering Raven's challenge. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening that's major in a ladder match. TNA's favorite stipulation. Right. That's some good stuff, man. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, that that weekly pay per view. Um, yeah, I think that. I mean, aside, I guess, really from what they're doing with Jared, I think the undercard has been quite steadily, like, promoted in a good way. Right, right. I get that. Well, let's not delay it anymore. I cannot wait to watch the pay-per-view. 
And I hope you guys are going to listen and potentially watch along with us on our episode that comes out next Thursday, covering the next Wednesday pay-per-view from 2004. Yeah, uh, be sure to spread us around. I noticed, uh, again, as Dallas has said to you, like two, two months ago, compared to when we were actually uh, recording this, that uh, we've been shouted out on Twitter by some folks. So it's usually in those like, hey, podcasts you should check out. We were addressing right, yeah. on some of those. So that's pretty cool. Thanks for listening. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, motivated to keep on going with shout outs like that. Absolutely. And uh, I know I plugged in the beginning, but since we're, we're talking about it, if you're a new listener, be sure you follow us over on our social media pages like Twitter, which is at Cross the Line TNA, and over on Facebook at TNA Cross Line Pod. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which apparently someone does listen to us on YouTube because I think they were looking for a video that I couldn't get up. And that's TNA Cross the Line Podcast. You just type that in, subscribe. And of course, if you want to support us, head over to our Pro Wrestling Tea store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cross the Line TNA. Buy a shirt or something so that we can quit our jobs. Or, hey, and you know what? If you want to support us another way that doesn't cost you anything, leave us a review wherever yeah. you listen to your podcast, your favorite place, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can leave a, a review, go ahead and do that for us. It'd be yeah, greatly only appreciated. Like a, only like a good one. Yeah, Bob, if you guys don't know, Bob really doesn't like negativity. So if it can be a, a really nice review, would be ideal to keep Bob in a good mood. I would appreciate that. All right, but as Dallas has said, let's let's carry on. Let's go to the weekly pay-per-view. And the only way to do that is if we close out this one. So for Dallas Gridley, I'm Bob Conn Jr. And this has been the TNA Crossline Podcast.